0: Hey guys, it's Heaven from Just a Grown True Crime, and today I'm going to be telling you about this app called Anchor. It helped me start my podcast, and it can help you start yours. Anchor is a free app that lets you use it from your phone or your computer, so if you want to do it on the go, and you want to just record, you can record one. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more to get your own podcast out there. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. So, it's everything you want in just one podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I did. What are you waiting for? Hey guys, welcome back to Just a Grown True Crime. I'm your host, Heaven. So, last week I decided to take a break. I just had a lot of stuff going on. Um, Work. Um, my best friend did a gender reveal for her pregnancy with her husband. I went to a family cookout and it totally just slipped by me. And tonight we're just going to do something a little bit different. Um, we're going to talk about the Penhurst Asylum. It's not going to be super long, but you're going to get three episodes today. So today's Monday. You're going to be getting this, which is a short episode um, I'm going to upload Wednesday and then Friday I'm going to upload as well for you guys to make it up. So, I hope everybody enjoyed, you know, your holiday weekend. You guys had a good Memorial Day. I did. And I hope everyone did as well. And it's Monday, so today we are going to be talking about the Penhurst Asylum. And, you know, it is a very, very gruesome story from what I found Um, and it says it's basically like an expert off of the pages of a horror story. It goes from mental abuse and physical abuse and mistreatment of all these patients and it was very sad to do. So let's just hop right into it. Okay, so like I said, from mental abuse and physical abuse, mistreatment of the weakest among the so- society to extreme overcrowding Penhurst was home to many tears and screams that went uncared for. The chilling secrets that is crumbling in its walls bore witness to... Board are still a matter of mystery, with paranormal investigators flocking to it to decode the past of the residents' stories. The place was constructed between 1903 and 1908, and in just four years after, they took their first patient on November 23rd in 1908. Penhurst was already overflowing with tons of people, and it was actually meant to be for the disabled and mentally ill orphans, immigrants, and criminals who were thrown into the institution as well. It was feared of those that were different that would lead to a place like mm-hmm. Penhurst. To be created, and you know, that is so sad because you feel like, oh, just because they're different than somebody, they're not right, they're not in their right state of mind. We have to lock them up because they don't fit in society, per se, and that's just that's sad. The most horrifying part of this asylum story is the fact that feeble minded people were considered a criminal threat. In 1913, a commission for the care of feeble-minded was set up, was set up, the boldly announced that those are, those that were disabled should not be citizens of the normal society because they pose the threat to the peace, which, like I just said, that goes back to, you know, you don't fit into, I mean, even now, you know. You don't fit into society because you're not you're not normal. You know we see this with we see this with race, we see this with gays, lesbians, trans. You know we see that with all. You know there are some people who um, just because you're a different color, skin color, a lot of people are like, you know, we we don't like you because you're black or we don't like you cuz you're white or you come out gay and there are people who whose family turns their back because you're gay, you know, and it's a sin to be gay and in the Bible it says you should love marriage should be between man and woman. And it's so sad And it breaks my heart because it's like, do you you understand, like, the courage that it takes for somebody to build that up and for them to actually talk about it? And you continuously shut them down over it because they don't, quote, fit into your society because that's not what you want? That's horrific. And that's, it's sad. And, I mean, I just, I just don't understand people. Um, you know, and it makes no sense to me. So I feel like, you know, things still happen. And, you know, if people, people don't like change. And I think it bugs people the most. And if, you know, like I said, even like this happened in the 1900s, I feel like we still haven't grown from that because people still are mistreated and a lot of people, you know, don't come out or are afraid to be themselves because they feel like they're not, they won't fit into society of what everybody wants them to be. And you know, God made everybody special. We are all special in our own ways. We're not all built the same. Some are built bigger. Some are built skinnier. You know, there's a lot of flaws. We don't all look the same. And... You shouldn't judge somebody, or try to put them, or tell them you belong. You should act like this because you need to, be- you need to belong in this society. And it's just, and it's just wrong. And that's what these people are doing. They lock basically locked them up because they were, they had the mental problems, or people didn't want their kids, or criminals, and stuff. You're bad. You don't belong in society. And it hits hard because it's like, I've never dealt with that, but I feel, I feel for people who have been through that because I couldn't imagine. And my oldest, you know, he looks at me and like, I tell him and I'm like, you know, I wouldn't matter what you look like, what your sexuality was whether you were gay straight bi trans anything i said i would not look at you the same and you know i see it on my facebook and i see it on my tiktok and i i seen this terrible video where this one girl she came out to her mom like and it was really hard because she was crying and the mom just kind of like was like no like that's wrong you don't do that it was sad because it was, like, she was, like, she said that her mom didn't, like, want her because she was into women. And her mom was just, like, no. And as parents, I believe we should love our children. And I remember when it was on Facebook. I'll say this real quick, then we'll hop back to the story. Um, it, was, it was something about, like... A boy wanting to be a girl or something. And I remember commenting on my Facebook. And I said, you know. If my. Either one of my boys. If they looked at me and said, mommy. I like men. Or they liked men and women. I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn them down. I said I'd. Look at them and support them I'd love them and be like this is this is you and I I wouldn't look at you any different because your happiness is all that matters and everything and then someone comes like and this is parenting and I'm like I was always taught treat someone how you want to be treated and that's how I raised my kids treat someone how you want to be treated you don't be mean just because somebody else is being mean to you You be the bigger person and you still treat them with respect. But I also make sure to tell them, you know, sometimes respect, I firmly believe respect is earned and not given. If you've done nothing but have been nice to this person, then, you know, just don't associate with that type of person. Let them go. Let them them be disrespectful um, and stuff like that. And I remember the one year, my son was probably, he was probably about like three or four. And he, I asked him, I was like, you know, what do you want to be for Halloween? And he was like, I want to be a princess. And I looked at him, I said, you want to be a princess? And he said, yeah, I want to be a princess. And I said, okay. I said, we'll get you a princess costume. If that's what you really want. Um, and I'll dress up with you and... We'll we'll go trick or treating like that. And I remember when I worked at Walmart <laughs> and I told a couple of my coworkers and I remember my one um CSM and she looked at me and she was like, You're not really gonna let him dress up as a Disney princess, are you? And I looked at her and I was like, Yeah, why wouldn't I? And she was like, you know, he's a boy. I'm like but he's he was either three or four. I'm like, but he's little what does it matter and then she was like well boys aren't supposed to do that they're supposed to play with boy things they shouldn't dress up as girls and this is when he was an only child and I was like but he's little if that's what he wants uh he's gonna be the most handsome looking princess out here because I'm not gonna tell him no he can't do this because people like you don't want to accept the fact that he can't do that just because he's a boy um and over the weekend you know I was painting my nails and he comes over to me and he's like mommy can can you paint my toenails so I said yeah I said pick what color and I I, we only painted one so far and I painted his big toenail and he looked I said now you gotta let it dry and he was so excited and then my youngest came over and I was like, you want me to paint your nails? And he's two. And he's like, yeah. So I didn't put a color on him. I put clear nail polish on him because he still, you know, wants to put everything in his mouth. So I just, like, put, like, a little bit on. And I was like, here you go. And then they'd show me. And I'm like, oh, they're so pretty. And I was like, oh, they match mommy. They match mommy. So, I mean, you. what I'm basically trying to say with this rant. And I'm not trying to rant, and I apologize if I am and if it sounds like it. Um, we, don't, we don't have to please. Not we. You don't have to please anybody to feel like you have to f- fit in society. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. do what you want and still be happy. And it comes down to it where it's who cares what other people think. It's your life your happiness matters at the end of the day, of course, there are going to be people, you know, who judge, and aren't going to like what you do at all, so you might as well do what, do what's happy, you get one life, you might as well live it up, and everything, and that's like, I tell my kids, you know, mommy still go, I still go, and I tell them, like, mommy still goes through struggles, um, and everything, you know, mommy still gets bullied, and I'm 24, and, you know, I have people who are 30, 40, 50, 60 at my job, and they still criticize, like, what I wear. Mind you, I wear modest things at work. My dresses are always long. I, it's not like showing my butt. You don't see my boobs, like, and stuff like that. But they And they criticize my work, you know. And I've been, and like I tell them, I've been nothing but nice to these people. I've never disrespected any of them. I mean, to their faces, like, I've never said anything disrespectful to their faces. So, <laughs> my trash can just opened, <laughs> so my ghost must be back. <laughs> um, and, like, of course, like, i vent to my friends and my coworkers who don't talk to them, um, absolutely, you know. But, like, I tell them, someone's always going to have something to say to you, and you show them the most kind, kindness you can be and you can be and you're, that you're, better, you're a better person because I'm raising my kids to be better people you, you don't stoop down to their level and you, like I said you don't have to fit into their society no matter what it's okay to stand out that's okay but let's go back to the story alright so where did I leave off Okay, by the 1920s, Penhurst was home to about 2,791 people, which is almost a thousand more than their maximum capacity. There were also children among these, amongst those institutionalized, and this is a trigger warning, so I apologize, and I'm going to say it now because this is bad. Um, The children were kept in metal cages and often lying in their own feces for days. A man named Bill Balden, who was the first to actually break the story of uh, of the appalling conditions that the patients were living in, has said it was so hard seeing what they had saw that the crew almost wanted to leave. They were so mortified. Um, I believe he also, I didn't write this down, but I saw when I was doing a little bit more research that he, like, created, like, a series or whatever. I think, I believe it was six parts, but don't quote me. Um, And he, like, made a series, but I didn't really look too much into it, which I should have. The story then actually ran in 1968. And what he showed changed the history of the asylum. Naked, ill, skeletal-looking patients and children from six months to five years of age were tied to beds. The patients were also divided into crude categories, imbecile or insane, epileptic or healthy, and dental categories of good, bad, and treated teeth. Which is sad, because that all goes back, you know, now you're, it's almost like if you look back, like, to, um, history, like, uh, this My, I mean, this would, I don't know if it's a good analogy, but it, like, you know, it goes back to, like, how blacks and whites were separated, and stuff like that, kind of, you know, how they had the colored buses for the colored people, and they had their schools, and the whites had their schools, and stuff like that. So writing this kind of made me feel like, okay, that's what that reminded me of. I don't know if it was a good analogy, um, and that was sad, and it it drives me crazy just to know that we were like we were like that, and everything, and it's and that's heartbreaking. So. Whew. I just don't like how people are categor-, categor categorized in different categories because of the health, you know, your teeth. Like, all, all of this, like, you're putting into people, which isn't right. Um, at first, male and female patients were kept together initially, but initially were separated to avoid pregnancy, which I guess thinking of that you probably should have did that first um as like a no-brainer but maybe they weren't thinking of the time I'm not sure I don't know why that happens but they did eventually separate them after maybe like it clicked but I'm not sure and those patients suffered the hands of the hands of the staff so I guess they like They suffered the most, but I'm not sure. Highly functional patients were separated from the lower functional ones, but they were often put in wards with the lesser abled ones as punishment, which is terrible because, you know, okay, you're a higher function, so you belong in the highest tier, and if you were like, I don't want to use stupid, but if you were if you weren't smart that sounds nicer if you weren't smart you're then you're with the not so smart people which i don't like either and that's terrible and just for the people you know what they did for punishment for, to put the high functioning people in with the lower i mean that's terrible punishment i feel like you should could have just let them all live equally But that's my opinion um some patients were intentionally aggravated intentionally aggravated to turn violent their assaults would be arranged by the caretakers they were beaten some of them were wheelchair ridden and some actually died there in 19 in 1983 nine employees were indicted on various physical abuse, and assault charges, which, yeah, you should be because you should not be treating people like that. There's a special place in hell for people like that, and I fully believe that. The institution then was eventually shut down in 1987, two decades after the truth had ended up coming out. A part of the, um, a part of the asylum actually has been reopened as a paranormal tourist Tourist, tur- tourist attraction, and people say they've experienced unexplained chill screams and voices asking for help, and they saw shadows. Well, guys, that is it for tonight. Bye! No, I'm, I'm just kidding, guys. You don't think I wouldn't have dug a little bit into what some people found? And let me tell you, actually, when I was looking... It was hard to find, like, anything, like, a lot of stuff on it. So, I just, like, did, like, a little bit. That's why I said it's probably going to be shorter. So, some people who visited the asylum said they have been scratched, punched, choked. Um, visitors also feel a presence of tormented spirits, which is understandable because of what they were what they've been through, I get. The ghosts of Penhurst are everywhere. Like I stated earlier, they did close the doors in nineteen eighty seven and the networks uh, the networks of buildings was neglected and left to the tortured sad spirits. The caretakers of the property believe that the building and underground tunnels are actually haunted by angry spirits angry spirits of patients who suffered and died there, which, again, is understandable because if I was in there and I died in there, I'd be haunting the shit out of that asylum, okay? Um, they report slamming doors, footsteps, and sounds of vomiting coming from otherwise like empty rooms. Some witnesses say... They actually have seen a spirit of a little girl roaming the buildings, perhaps waiting to tell her own story of sorrow and neglect. And, you know, how sad is that? That's terrible. Um, I also saw on a couple things that a lot of people say it's like a joke that, you know, they open this up to be like a Halloween attraction. I believe there's like four attractions. And, you know, people like people who were there worked there or survivors were like you know it's basically a mockery you're making a joke out of people's hurt and torture because you know that's what they do and they just want to make a quick buck and they don't agree with it at all I don't agree with it at all um when I looked at people like going to visit some you know they say the people when they're hot obviously haunted attractions it's people who dress up as actors and stuff like that um but other than the stuff I said I couldn't really find anything on it um Wednesday's case I'm not sure what I'm gonna do on Friday I want to say it's gonna be a one of two-parter but I'm not sure I've actually been doing research on the case of Lacey Peterson and stuff like that. I want to finish the documentary because that was actually supposed to be. That was supposed to be the podcast, but I keep falling asleep on this da- damn pod, not podcast, on this damn doc series on Hulu. <laughs> I don't know why, but also last week I've been feeling like an old lady, and I haven't been up. Go- I haven't been up past like ten. I think I've gone to sleep at like nine thirty. But guys, that is it for me today. You can follow me on Instagram at justagrowntruecrime. I have to really upload all the cases I covered because I'm slacking because it's hard. I'm so busy. Um, you can also send me an email at justagirlandtruecrime at com. You can follow my Facebook group at Just and True Crime. Um I know last episode I said you could send me voice messages, but I didn't look into sending the link, but I will look into that. So it's up for either. I'll either mention it Wednesday or Friday and that is it I hope you enjoyed the case of you know the Penhurst Asylum um, and everything and just remember you don't have to fit into society because they want you to fit into society you can be your own person and as long as you are happy then I'm you know what I'm happy for you I'm happy you're going out there because some people, you know, it just, it takes a lot of balls for them to step out and be like, no, I'm different. You know what? Different is okay. I promise you. Well, guys, I will be talking to you Wednesday. Bye.